Yeah. Yeah, let's get it going. Fire everyone. Fire everyone. What's going on? Movie Dojo Army. That's right. The Kung Fu Avengers have returned. That's right. For another episode of Versus, the 21st episode. That's right. We are rocking and rolling every week. Got all the badasses here. Oh, look, look, Louis, Louis already. Louis, uh, I, used to, I, used to train some, I used to train some kung fu, man. So there you yeah, go. Sure right. Yeah, I, I saw that on there. That's right. Save that for later. Do the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everybody is here again. We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna talk about two, t- two J.J. Abrams attempts at two reboots. Kind of one of them's kind of a reboot in a way. Kind of to two popular sci-fi franchises. Uh, did he succeed? Well, we got to pick a winner today, but we're going to get into it a little bit. But let's let's go down the list here of who is here. If you are new here, don't forget we will be talking about spoilers and all that stuff. These movies have been out for a while. So we have here Kung Fu Santa himself, Rick Myers. That's right. Films of Fury. Buy the book. Watch the movie. Represent Kung Fu. That's right. Also... The Master of Remaster. Frank Jang is also here. That's right. Buy everything Eureka. Everything Eureka related. <laughs> it's all awesome. That's right. I'm still waiting to be sponsored. Anyway. <laughs> also, and we have the showrunner, the creator, FJ DeSanto of Transformers Cybertron series. Very popular on Netflix. That's right. He is here, the legend himself. And also, we have Frankie Pozos. That's oh, right, actor ah, of the film. Uh, uh, one uh, hour to kill. Oh, excuse me, uh, an hour to kill. One of the two. Uh, there you go. A couple hours. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and we have oh. filmmaker. That's right, Kyle Wong himself, the Night Watch, hanging out with us as well. Oh, shit. We're about to get into it. All right, the movie Dojo <laughs> Army has arrived. They're showing up here on the side here. Look at all these badass. This is, this is all the new. amount of people. Last time you had triple the amount of people I was on. Uh, one, last of them, time. one of them pulled out today at the last minute. Holy so. shit. Oh, yeah. I'm not used uh, to this few. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right, so we all these look at all these badass channel members are here right now. We got Michael Partington, Red Eclipse, Zombie Warrior, Rubicon. That's right, Miltree representing Jad, Om- Omega Thirty Two, Jake Hall, Gilbert Berger, Evelina. I love food. Yes, I do too. All right, we're gonna get into it. Let's go ahead and start with Star Trek Two Thousand Nine. Now, here's the thing. I'll go first. Here's the thing. Not a Star Trek fan. Thought it was fucking boring, okay? I was like, what is this garbage? Only liked First Contact because explosions and the bald guy was shooting the gun like Rambo. Yeah, right? But I was an idiot. <laughs> I had absolutely no idea that Picard was, 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 was not supposed to be acting that way in that movie. All right? But over time, I was shown the good stuff. I was like, okay, let me give Star Trek a shot here. Finally got was shown all the movies. Finally was showing shown Star Trek Next Generation, and I was like, okay, now I get it. So now, so even though I'm, I'm, I'm Star Wars biased, will that affect my vote at the end? We shall see. I'm Star Wars biased, but uh, my I have respect for Star Trek now. I do have respect. I am a fan now. So when 2009's movie came out, 
Uh, my wife, she's the opposite. She was she saw Star Trek first before she saw Star Wars. She grew up with Star Trek first before she saw Star Wars. So she's the opposite of me. She is a fan of Star Wars, but Star Trek is her first love. So when Star Trek came out, she was all like, hmm, what is this new bulls, reboot bullshit? What is this? What is this garbage? <laughs> so she, I was just like, hey, hopefully it's fun. That was my attitude, right? But she's like really skeptical, man. She's like, man, they're going to, who are these, who are these young, good looking youngsters trying to play these classic awesome characters that i grew up with you know what is this garbage so we went to go see it by the end of the movie she clapped by the end of the movie she was just like all right all right i i she's like i enjoyed that she's like it's not my star trek this is what she said it's not my star trek but it was fun it was a fun attempt right and the movie i still think it's fun i rewatched it today it's very entertaining you know, my only negative uh, nitpick, not a big fan of Nero, not a big fan of, of him as a villain. I thought he was very generic. You know, the whole movie, this is all this guy did was brood. <laughs> I'm just Fire going everything. to brood here Fire all everything. day. <laughs> all day brood. This is how I look nonstop 24 hours a day. This is how I look when I take a shit. This is how I look when I eat breakfast. What's on TV today? Do you guys know? I don't know. Brood, you know. And then the more the the more animated he tried to get when he tried to like act, and the more he spoke, that's when I liked him less. <laughs> Believe it or not. What do you mean it didn't happen? It happened. I know what happens. You know, it happened. I was like, oh god, can we can we get another villain, please? Khan, save us. Okay, please, somebody. Yeah, but so, then they blew that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yes, they did. They did blow that one. Uh, but yeah, so he was kind of weak. I thought he was kind of weak and generic throwaway villain. But did it ruin the movie? No. I still think it was fun. There was fun little fun little Easter eggs for fans here and there throughout the movie. And uh, I don't want to talk too much because we've got a big panel. So, But overall, I, I still enjoy it. I, th I still think it's a lot of fun. Fans overall still think that this movie is the best out of the trilogy. But... We're here. To, we're not here to debate trilogies. We're here to debate which movie's better. Uh, but we'll see if I can stick to that when we get around to Star Wars. <laughs> All right, by Frank. The way, by oh, the way, you wouldn't want to see Nero when he's angry. Aha! Uh -huh. <laughs> I like. I see what you did there. But when he turned into Space Hulk, <laughs> Space Hulk. That would have been good. That would have been. All right, Frank. Star Trek. Okay, so before I, before I start, I just want to give a big shout out to Apple Daily. Um, you know, uh, as if some of you have been following the news about Hong Kong, you know, the, uh, Apple Daily, the uh, pro democracy newspaper, got shut down by the Hong Kong government. So, uh, signal, you know, really signaling the end of press freedom as we know in Hong Kong. So, they did a profile of me a couple of years ago because of my Comic Con connection, my New York Asian Film connection, I mean, New York Asian Film Festival connection. So, just a shout out to Apple Daily RIP. So, anyway. Going back to Star Trek, yeah, I enjoyed this film. I thought this was a very good reboot. I liked the casting. I thought the casting was fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, I like how you know, um, like 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 Five Samurai, you know, like like Samurai said, they they did a lot of referencing to the old Star Trek, you know, references using the old sound effects, some of the dialogues. I, I love that line. Are you out of your Vulcan mind? I just I got a big laugh out of that line. <laughs> I thought that was really fantastic. Um, Casting's great. The action sequences are fantastic. I love that you know the fight on the drill. I thought there was, you know, you know that has to be done on a green screen. Yet they just made it so realistic. Um, 
I, I like the fact that they didn't tell you that Leonard Limoy was in it. You know, uh, the review was really, I, I just, I mean, like, you know, thinking back, it's just amazing that how they were able to keep that secret until the film came out. You know, I, I you know, when I went to see it, I had no idea that he was in it. And, and then when he showed up, I was like, whoa, you know. Mm -hmm. So so that was a nice surprise. It was nice to have, you know, Spock in there, you know, Leonard Nimoy Spock in there. Um, again, like I said, casting is perfect. Um, uh, you know, there were some nitpicks, of course. Uh, the the villains are kind of cardboard, you know, like 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 mm -hmm. Samurai said, you know, um, Nero was kind of just a stereotypical bad guy, you know, uh, taking revenge on on his planet getting destroyed. And and I also don't, I mean, I like the time, you know, the time traveling narrative wasn't very well explained. I remember, you know, I, I mean, I rewatched the movie again today, but, you know, they shouldn't really have Spock narrating that whole, you know, what happened using all these different voice effects. You know, you should just have him do a straightforward voiceover instead of having all these echoes, surround sound, whispering. And you know, that's like the gist of the film. You know, that's the main story. That's why Nero is going after, you know, Spock and going after the enterprise so that's like the most important piece of narrative yet you, you're doing all these fancy little stuff when you just really should just have them do this straight straightforward voiceover so i thought that really added to the confusion of the timeline you really have two timelines going on you know the future timeline the original timeline so so i thought that was a, a little misstep uh but other than that i thought it was an you know, entertaining movie i love the opening sequence how, how they introduce you know um Captain Kurt's father, uh, that was great. Um, you know, that part on Iowa, I, I like that too. I just thought that the special effects were really well done. It, it just blended the, you know, the reality so well, so well that you, you, you're not really sensing this. You just feel like this is happening. This is really happening. This is a real world, you know. Uh, the blending of in the optical effects and, and the real background just so, so good that I really have to give kudos to it. But like I said, other than the confusing narrative in the middle and this cardboard villain i i i really like this reboot i thought it was really good and definitely definitely the probably the the best film among the three you know the three trilogy copy that copy that I, you know i also enjoyed uh bruce greenwood as P captain pike uh, yes i enjoyed his uh performance as well and i liked his little scene where he was sitting down and and talking to uh you know kirk here trying to get him on board so stop fucking mm -hmm. around man you got all this potential in the world <laughs> You know, get your head on right. Yeah, but yeah, I enjoyed him. Yeah, the well. casting is really perfect. I mean, I just like the casting a lot. It's, it's, oh yeah, yeah. As much as you like the original casting, you really have no complaints about this new, this whole new group. I, I thought it was perfect casting. It was. I, I do. Oh, I do. But we'll get to that. Okay. All right. FJ, Star Trek. I, uh, I'm a diehard original series Trekkie, being just young enough to remember a world without Star Wars and loving originals. And I don't really love any other Star Trek beyond it. And Star Trek beyond. I, uh, <laughs> and I love this movie. I, I actually, because you know what it is? It's really Star Trek made by Star Wars fans when you really look at it, right? And, you know, JJ would do that shtick in the press of, I'm a Star Wars guy, I didn't really know Star Trek. You know, Kurtzman Orsi knew Star Trek. I didn't really know it. And I thought he was full of shit until I saw the second movie. And I realized, oh, you really don't know Star Trek. And you fucked it all up. <laughs> and, <laughs> but this movie is, in my opinion, nearly perfect. I have a lot of the same issues Frank has. 
the villain didn't bother me. They're, they're, you know, I would recommend. I, I don't really love IDW's comics um, when they do licensed stuff, but they did a, a tie-in called Countdown. That was a prequel to the movie that explained how Spock got the ship, how it tied into the next generation. And Kurtzman Orsi, I think, wrote it. Oh. And it's great. And I very rarely love those kinds of adaptations or those things. But it, it adds so much to the movie that I recommend reading it and then watching the movie, which I fortunately oh. did and got a lot more out of it. So I had less of a problem with the scene Frank's talking about, but he's right, meaning that's a whole fucking problem as far as i'm concerned the the to go to another thing frank said about the casting which of course rick's gonna fuck this all up later when i <laughs> do it but the jj's one true gift is casting J, and th this applies to star wars because i think he knows how to cast young people and he casts young starting with jennifer garner all the shit he knows how to cast young people and the casting in this movie uh, of the guys reprising the classic roles are brilliant. Like I like all those, especially him, especially mm -hmm. Carl Urban, oh, who's yeah, fucking yeah. great, right? Oh, you know your so, fucking mind. <laughs> I think by doing that, you've eliminated like sixty percent of the baggage you would walk into this with, right? Um, my thing with this movie is I love how it expanded the universe. The Bruce Greenwood character, the Pike thing, it's all great. But what's really brilliant about this movie, and this goes into, Samara, your wife, okay, is what this movie did was, if you were a fan for the last 40 years at the time of this franchise, everything you watched happened because of Leonard Nimoy, right? There's a, so they basically, the one brilliant thing that they were never able to do after, et cetera, or do this anywhere in Star Trek, is take a very Star Trek conceit of multiverses and time travel, et cetera, and apply this in a way that gave it connected connective tissue to the overall franchise and say, hey, if you love this for 40 years, your Star Trek happened. And, it ha and this happened in your Star Trek universe because here's Nimoy, right? Like here's Nimoy and it fucking happened. And we're going to do the cool thing at the end, which nobody ever had the balls to do, is put the two Spocks together. And somehow it makes sense. Like somehow you don't question it. You you walk out of that movie going, there's a whole new world of Star Trek. They should just make all these new characters and all this. And they blow it. They totally blow it the second movie. And the third mm -hmm. movie, which is better, is more just like an extended episode of the original series. Yeah. But it's too late. The damage is done in the second movie and you've blown the whole, all the goodwill the first movie buys you, right? So I don't want to get into the second movie, but the first movie... I think is nearly perfect for that reason as a Star Trek movie while, you know, and I'm saying this, having doing this, where I'm getting my ass kicked by diehard fans on Transformers all the time. But we, and we do something similar in this third season that's about to come out, which is time travel and putting universes together like Beast Wars and the G1, which they never did before. That's what our third season is, is oh, sitting there and trying to figure that shit out is really hard. And they do such a good job in this movie you know, and they give like this. Everybody gets their character moment. The only thing I really don't like in the movie is when Kirk has the giant hands and it's goofy. Oh, yeah. Like totally, <laughs> it goes. It just yeah. goes a little too far, but you sort of forgive it because you're in vet. Oh my god! Like you had it ready, and but all <laughs> those characters got something. 
You know what I mean? Like Uhura got something. All those characters were were just enough because, and that's where JJ's TV experience comes in. He knows how to like set up these characters. And, and, and by the way, that's the same thing with the next with Star Wars. Is JJ does a great job of setting something new up, and then it's totally shot to shit. Well, at least with Star Trek, JJ tanked it. Somebody else tanked it in the next movie, and you can't recover from it. But JJ's TV experience serves this Star Trek movie really, really well. Sorry, I rambled on, but you get the oh, idea. Nice. Okay. nice. Well said. Well mm-hmm. said. We got a quick super chat here. Uh, Nate Dog says both movies <laughs> killed both franchises. No, both. <laughs> no. No, Nate Dog. No, no. Both second movies were franchise killers. <laughs> <laughs> both, right. both sequels. No, Star Wars. Star Wars was the third movie. Last Jedi, Last Jedi. If they had followed Last Jedi, they could have done something. But no, we'll fight over that another time. <laughs> another, another versus. Another versus. All right, Lewis. Man, I, uh, okay. I'll just recount the way uh, I remember what I felt when I saw this movie. J.J. Abrams in his prime, just finished producing Cloverfield, getting the contract or being affiliated to Paramount Pictures, uh, being there when he broke the stu- uh, the trailer at the Chinese theater. He was standing next to me. You know that? Because I don't know if people remember, it was actually delayed. They had a teaser trailer where there was a guy working on the Starship Enterprise. You yeah. guys remember that? That was a cool trailer and stuff. So, before that, us Star Wars fans, we didn't have a Star Wars movie. But then 2009 came and we got it via uh, Star Trek, at least, right? So, it was yeah. fun. It was fun. It was action-packed. More action than, than Star Trek should have, of course. There was no trekking in there, I believe. Uh, but look, I love the cast. Uh, Chris Hensworth is the weakest link. He's awful. Uh, but <laughs> if you really look at him, it's like, what the hell? But everyone else is awesome. I had a blast. I, I love the way. Uh, I can't really follow up, F, uh, follow up what FJ said because he said everything pretty much perfectly. Uh, my biggest criticism, though, are the fans. Why? Because fans rewrite history. When this movie came out, it was all world, all God, all everything. Here we are, 10 years or plus later, it's not that good. Dude, it was good. Complain about the last 10 Star Trek movies. You're going to pick this one? The the last three or whatever, they were awful. That's why we got this reboot. It's a soft reboot. It's what people wanted. It's shiny keys. We all get... That's (laughs) one problem with J.J. Abrams, though. He does get distracted by the shiny keys, and we do too, because this is about Star Trek 2009, and we want to talk about the sequels and Star Wars, right? So it happens to all of us. Uh, the money, he went where the money was, and I want to, I don't know if I'm, I'm correct in this, but he started producing, he got the gig for Star Wars, so I think Star Trek suffered, you know, later on and, and, and stuff like that. But as far as the first movie is concerned, uh, it's not about the villain samurai. I think it's about uh, the hero's journey in this one. It was it was a Star Wars movie and it was very well executed. It has some yeah. fantasy elephant ele- elephants uh, elements. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it has great music, great effects. Yes. You know Sounds the music's amazing, man. And yeah. like FJ said, it told the old school fans. It said, "Hey, you know what? You like the old school mov- uh, movies? You're coming. We appreciate the fans." Leonard Nimoy is in here. None of what you thought, uh, none of what you saw happening that you loved. It is erased. It's still in here. So, I don't know. I I, I say I enjoyed the movie a, a, a lot. Is it better than than the Force Awakens? We're gonna uh, I guess continue to debate that. 
Special shout out to, to uh, the casting of uh, Spock, though, because that guy, uh, Zachary, Zachary Quinto, is that his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he was Siler on on um, Heroes, and uh, it's very rare that someone gets cast to a big role like that. That people actually go, you know what? That's good casting. You know what I mean? So yeah, I knew he could pull it off. But Lewis, to your point, I don't think JJ ever does that Star Trek movie mm-hmm. if he knew five years later he'd be offered Star Wars. Yeah, he seems to look. He's he's the dude that puts in these as a mystery box, whatnot, but. There's no. Are there really mystery boxes that aren't solved in in, uh, in uh, the 2009 Star Trek? It's pretty much self-contained, and and everything is finished by the end of the movie. Yeah, that's why it works. Star Wars, no, because Star Wars, it's everything's connected, right? So especially when you're making the the next Star Wars after the 70s, because the first Star Wars is a complete movie or the most complete of a of a movie uh, you could get, if that makes any sense. When you keep expanding on it, you realize this has to be a trilogy. So you have to tease the next films in the first one, and you don't really have a beginning, middle, or end. You have the first movie's a beginning, the second movie's the middle, uh, second act, and the third movie's a third act, which I don't think that was a plan with Lucas originally. I think Star Wars A New Hope, now how they call it, was just one effing movie, you know, and that made a lot of money. So let's keep going with it. Uh, by the way, um... FJ, I don't think he would have gotten Star Wars if he hadn't have done Star Trek so well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. I think you're right with that. But I think it's a double-edged thing, meaning, well, yeah, I'm not going to get into a whole. You got to remember, though, there was a Param- Paramount and, and, and uh, Disney. They're very well connected. I mean, Paramount had Marvel, the first two Marvel food films, I guess, Iron Man, and what was after that? Mm-hmm. Were Marvel. Paramount Pictures, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and if you look at and if you look at Avengers, I know Marvel fans do not want to admit this. The first Avenger movie, the ending, the third act, looks just like Transformers Michael Bay. It's the same cinematography, color correction, everything. I know that's blasphemy because people don't want to ever criticize Marvel films, but it's it looks the same. If you look at it, it's Paramount. It, they're all kind of married together and when you all know the, 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 let, let me be clear about this though the, how yeah. dare you say that about it <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, you're making first, me brood uh, first of all oh, real quick, was, fj i want to tell you i like the first transformers movie just to be clear oh i hate it so <laughs> <laughs> i do cartoons i don't have to worry about that shit well, that's but, um, no i think the the first movie the marvel the reason people give Avengers a pass in terms of the quality at that point yeah. is because they've spent X amount of years getting you invested in that world. And it pays off because you care about the characters. You don't give a shit. The CG is subpar. They get better as they go in the Marvel yeah. stuff. But just keep in mind, Marvel was an independent studio when they made that movie. Paramount was just a distributor. For so Iron Man? You know, For all the Marvel movies up until Disney oh. buys them. Yeah. So I think Avengers is like the last one of that. But to your point, like, you know, Transformers, I don't give a shit about the characters when I see that movie. At least with Avengers, I'm invested in every one of those people because they've done a good job building that up. Mm-hmm. And to go back to the JJ thing, he does that in this movie. And you pointed out really well is that's the only like self-contained JJ movie. Yeah. When you think about it from maybe his Mission Impossible movie, but they always know they're going to do more of that. But the 2009 Star Trek is made as if they don't know if they're going to get a sequel to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Star Wars, they know, well, there's going to be a fucking trilogy no yeah. matter what. 
Right. I like Super 8. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember that. I do like that yeah. movie, and I want to give props because that <laughs> fad about about making the 80s-style nostalgic movie, J.J. <clears throat> Abrams made Super 8 way before Stranger Things or anything, or, or It Chapter 1. He was already on that train, like, two years before that. Of course, no one liked it. I loved it, but hey, what it is. It's a slavish homage to Spielberg. So, Hey, but you're imitating the best. That's like saying, hey, I box, I became a boxer and I box like Mike Tyson. That's pretty damn good, man. <laughs> I would use that metaphor, no. <laughs> well, they, they do call, they, they do. Filmmaking, not much, but a little. They do call J.J. Abrams Diet Spielberg. <laughs> that is what that is, that is a name for Spielberg Light. Yeah, yeah, that one too. Alex here mimics that style. Kung Fu Genius. He says, "If you guys do the Last Jedi, I'll definitely be down for that episode. I'll take Rick to task on that dumpster fire." Ha ha ha! Look at that. Bring it on, bring it on, Alex. <laughs> so will I. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Dude, next yeah. week I'm here. Last Jedi. Let's do it. Let's do it. Everyone versus Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I will bow out of that one. I will bow out yeah. of that one because I don't want to. We're going to get defeated on that. No, uh, I'm just going to leave that just like no. Nope. Two <laughs> words. Two words. Casino Planet. It's Why? the uni- it's the only thing that unifies all Star Wars fans. That scene sucked. That's it. Period. <laughs> oh, he's going for it. He's going to the show. Oh, no. What's happening? I derailed the show. He's going to the show. I know where that scene came from. Lewis, what are you doing? You mean he actually mimicked somebody else? He didn't come. He didn't even come out with a poop himself. Me. Oh. oh. Disney bought this. What? Actually, no. Disney did not buy this. Disney brought me in for the first time to talk about buying this. So, but instead of buying it, they made Treasure Planet instead, and they stole everything from this. Oh, Let me show you. This book comes in three different <laughs> sections. Lewis, what'd you do? So, what have you done, Lewis? They go to three planets. You triggered them now. You got them going. This book. The second planet is called Jackpot. Okay. Okay, let's pull you back you're getting, in. You're getting your own show. You get your own That's show it. about it. You're getting your own show, Rick. Star Wars. Kyle. All right, hold on. There Jack, it is. Jackpot. Jackpot. Uh, it's, time, it's time to sue, Rick. <laughs> All right, so I, I just want to. In closing, and then the next person, uh, I, I love the movie. I uh, had a blast, and everyone around me, uh, uh, Trekkies, Trekkers, or whatever they call them, and Star Wars fans were like, wow, we had a great time. Uh, we wish Star Wars was this good because we had the prequels. That's what that's my experience. All right, copy that. Right. Well said. Lewis, represent Nerd Report, Nuke the Fridge, son. All right, we're going we're gonna to move on to Kyle. So I am not a Trekkie. I'm not a Trekkie at all. But and I actually did not watch this film or any of the series and the other films that came up to this one. And once I I actually bought the DVD. No, my cousins bought this DVD blindly for me for Christmas, and I watched on Christmas that year. And I will say, it did not. It did not disappoint me at all because the fact is I did not need to know every character. Yes, I've heard of Captain James T. Kirk. Yes, I've heard of Spock. Yes, I've heard of the whole original crew in the original series. 
And the fact is, they introduced this to a new audience, like me, showing Chris Pine as James T. Kirk, but not as James T. Kirk. You actually get to see him be like this rogue that he is. And then same thing, like, when I found out that they introduced Captain Pike, which was part of the original unaired pilot. And they made a reference to that. Or not even made a reference. They actually homaged that as him, like, yep, I'm going to talk to Nero. See what we can do. By the way, your first officer, your presiding captain, Spock, go ahead. And I actually like the fact that this is the one sci-fi film that actually does alternate timelines or alternate universes. I was happy that this was a film that actually could do it and say, yes, everything in this whole franchise existed. But on top of that, here's a story for some a new audience that we could actually say that all this existed. Here's mm-hmm. a film that is self-contained. Like, you don't need to know anything else. You don't need to know any more than just this story. And the fact is, everyone gets a small, not even a small character moment, just proper character introductions. Even the, like, the side fact that I like the fact that Simon Pegg is in it, and he's not a Star Trek fan. He's a Star Wars guy, even though he is in Star Wars in The Force Awakens, but the fact he plays Scotty. And I was like, <laughs> seeing him as Scotty, I was like, man, it must have killed him being Scotty. But even though mm-hmm. he, was, he just like loved playing the character. And the fact that, again, this film, I thought, like, this was written during the 2007-2008 writer strike, wasn't it? If FJ or... Rick could like confirm this because I heard that this was a film that was written during like that writer strike. No, the strike's over. The, the strike was over. over? Yeah, strike's okay. over. Okay, because okay. like to make a film around that time, especially like to make it properly appealing to a new audience, but also the Star Trek audience that could say like, yeah, we're gonna make a film for you but also to the whole audience that has not been immersed into a Star Trek universe. And I actually praise this film for being self-contained and appealing to a new audience like me. And yeah, jokes aside, like I think the only downside is of course, (laughs) Nero being the weak villain and definitely the voiceover as Frank pointed out, like, the voiceover from Spock should have just, like, been just a straight voiceover of explaining how, how the universes are connected. And the side fact that no, growing up, like, not growing up, watching other videos talking about how J, how J.J. Abrams did make a Star Wars film in the guise of Star Trek, and then it led to actually him starting Star Wars The Force Awakens, and then and then we'll the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that when we get to the Force Awakens. Everything, the fact that we're starting off with the Force with Star Trek, and then we go with like, yeah, and then Star, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and then the fucking happens. <laughs> I, I, I do want to say this, and I want to ask, like, Spock's ship was damn cool. I remember that, and the, 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 the sound yeah. effect that traveled with it. I love that, man. That yeah. felt like Star Trek. There, yeah. is, is it there? It felt like a Star Trek thing to me, like really yeah. well mimicked. You know what I mean? Copy that. All right, Kyle. 
All right, now it's time for Doth Pozos. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember when the the trailer that Lewis talked about with the welders making it, and I remember seeing that like they were like playing voiceovers of like old time NASA stuff, and I was like, "This is so cool!" Nutter Nimoy saying "Gold Bully Gold," where no man has gone before. I was like, "This is gonna be so awesome!" Because the deal is, when I grew up, my dad would take me to Star Trek movies, and I would be like, "I don't fucking get what's going on. This is boring. I want them to blow some shit up." I was totally like thinking, "Now this is my movie. I get to have my Star Trek." That's what I felt. And when I saw it, I was blown away. I loved, I mean, I know you'd have had some issues with Chris Hemsworth. I thought Chris Hemsworth was awesome. He set the stage for the movie, how it was going to be awesome. Like, I thought he was so cool. And then he dies. And you're like, what the fuck? I know he played Kirk's dad, so that's the deal. But I was just so pumped. The acting, yes, the casting was all spot on. Yeah, the directing, I had no problem with the lens flare. I felt everything was all shiny and glossy and stuff. And I also liked how they shot, like, when they went inside the the... The, the the enterprise you saw like it, i think they shot at a beer factory or something that's what those tanks were <laughs> yeah. but it looked so real it felt you know like i don't know it felt all real but also glossy i dug it so much but then the funny thing was like after i saw it i started realizing like some i mean i know you said a lot of you are star trek fans that are you, you gave a thumbs up but i i dealt with so many people giving me shit for defending it like dude that's not <laughs> star trek and I was like, are you serious? And, I, and they're like, listen. And they started naming things. And I'm like, oh, it's not ruining it, man. They're fun. And so basically, yeah, like, there are shells of their character, like a highlight reel of all their characters from the shows. But I still had fun with it. But I mean, yeah, like him, him getting his name Bones for like his divorce, which, I mean, if you know about doctors, Bones were called doctors. That was the thing. And they kind of glossed that. It's kind of, all right. And then Sulu with a sword. And it's like, but he's not fencing he just has a sword why are you doing like it's a callback that doesn't need to be there i don't know uh and then the the kobayashi maru him completely cheating when it's not should be like that he kind of cheated to make it yeah like he's a cocksucker right there like what the fuck is that about <laughs> it's cool it's cool but it kind of defeats the purpose of rafa khan how that he actually cheated to make it fair there he completely cheated with all the cheats but that again i like this movie and it's fun and it's a good yeah. ride Nice. Go. And shout out to, uh, you know, rest in peace, Anton Yelchin. Yes. Uh, he's also really good. What a, what, a, what a talent, you know. It kind of sucks. They, but they said, though, peace. it was time traveling. To correct, correct me, guys, if I'm wrong, it's time traveling, but it's a parallel u- dimension. Yeah. So the events mm-hmm. of the original are happening yeah. via the new yeah. actors, but they're not happening exactly the same. No. no. So they call it the, the, the Calvin. The Calvin. Oh, Calvin. Right. All right. right. So, all right, Kung Fu Santa. Here well, we go. Well, <laughs> Last Jedi was not a dumpster fire. Rise of Skywalker was a dumpster fire. <laughs> now, because of Last Jedi, though, we're gonna fight. We're gonna we're gonna have, we're gonna have the Jedi, biggest fucking uh, fight over this. Somebody on, the, <laughs> somebody on the Star Wars crew blinked. They just blinked. It wasn't Last Jedi's fault. <laughs> It's that they overcompensated because they're they were chicken shit. In any case, um, the casting was excellent in Star Trek, especially Carl Urban. But what oh, yeah. wasn't now? And I tolerated John Cho as Sulu. However, I've spent my career saying Chinese is not Japanese. Japanese is not Korean. So it's kind of like. And, but I'm so used to the, the it's it's racism. It's not just color. It's not 
race blindness, but we're, we're casting anybody. It's not like uh, it's not like Hamilton on Broadway. It's it's ignorance and racism on the part of the. Oh, it doesn't matter. You know, sushi's the same as dim sum. Um, Japan is the same. Football is the same as baseball. And and I, I but I but show was fine. I tolerated that. What I just couldn't get over. Because I I spent a month in Scotland. I played a villain in an Iranian film made in Scotland. And I asked everybody there, because I had, you know, among other things, what did you think of Scotty in the new Star Trek, in the 2009 Star Trek movie? To, I, I mean, it was like, again, figures on a blackboard. Simon Pegg did a terrible Scottish accent. Any of the Scot the Scots are going, he's not even close. He's not, it's insulting how bad he is. He's like doing an impersonation of, you know, it's like a white guy putting on blackface as far as the Scots were concerned. You know, just, yeah, I mean, it was just like, and I'm watching it going, why did they do this? Why didn't they cast a Scotsman? Someone who was Scottish. I mean, what's his name? That was Craig Ferguson. You should listen to Craig mm. Ferguson. Oh, yeah. That would have been good, yeah. Discussion. Billy Connolly? I'm, yeah. thinking, oh. I'm thinking nerd cred, oh, Rick. more passionate than I was. Ner nerd cred. That's probably yeah. why they casted him. So, mm. again, it was like casting Zhang Ziyi and Michelle Yeoh in Memoirs of a Geisha. <laughs> Damn it. I mean, not even close nope. to Japanese accent. Yeah, yeah but it. is the original Captain Kirk the same ethnicity as the new one? Well, he's, not, he's a white. He's a white guy. He can do a white. Yeah, guy. but Asia yeah, is great. a place, and Europe's another place. It's big, you know. Stop talking, Lewis. <laughs> it's a big place where people share cultural, you know, similarities. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so, um, moving on. Yeah, you can make excuses all you want. Anyway, and I love this movie. When I first saw it, I thought it was I thought it was just one of the one of the best reboot remakes, uh, reapproaches. And also, as you saw, I'm a science fiction writer. In addition to all the other genres I've done, I'm a huge fan of. I mean, I've read every science fiction novel from my birth until 1975. Samuel Delaney's Dahlgren. I was one of the top guys. I was one of the top media guys in the science fiction writers of America. I did a lot of movies at a lot of uh, world cons of the science fiction stuff. So I'm a big, passionate Star Trek fan. I think this is one of the best science fiction movies ever. Nice. I even kind of, you know, I even kind of make excuses for the villain because it's the softness of the villain, to my mind, that makes makes the new Star Trek cast all the better. Because it's kind of like it's it's like Jet Li being in Lethal Weapon Four. He's so good in Lethal Weapon Four because the movie's not that good. Same thing with Bruce Lee in his first couple of films. Because Enter the Dragon is just kind of like a comic book. He he looks even better. So Star Trek's look even better because the villain was generic. But even though the villain was generic, his plot line had guts. His plot line had heart and had and had yeah. And you know, had some meaning to him. It, he wasn't just a mustache twirling villain. He wasn't Khan in the not in the original. He wasn't <laughs> Khan in the sequel, which was you, you made FJ. You made FJ flinch there. <laughs> For a second, you made him like, 
<laughs> you, you, you yeah, the new one. Thing, or do you, or you just it's painful to think about Khan in the second one? Yeah, it is. <laughs> but Eric Bana did a legitimate villain who had a legitimate reason. He was doing it and created a you know as brooding as he might have been. And but also Eric Bana is trying to act the part. He's trying not to do a cliche. He's trying to get into the heart of that guy's issue and his family being destroyed. And everybody had, everybody acted in character. So I love this movie, except for Scotty. And also, yeah, uh, I just have to say it, I feel the way I felt like Star Trek was one of the, was the best stake I ever had. So when they did the X, the next two Star Treks, and by the way, I grew up, Mr. Spock was one of the guys who saved my life. You know, I was, I saw the premiere of Star Trek on TV. Wow. So it was kind of like I grew up with it, and Mr. Spock's logic really saved my life. So I'm a big fan, but I love this one because I thought it was, was, it was in their honor, and they did a tremendous job. But unfortunately, when I went back to that awesome steakhouse, they gave me, they disguised a, a pile of stinking shit as a steak. And I took a bite on it, and unfortunately, I can't even think of this wonderful original steak without thinking about what a piece of shit the second and third one fed me. So it's put a bad taste in my mouth, so it's hard for me, but I'll tell you, I love All seeing right. it. And uh, speaking of uh, uh, shit steak, uh, Halloween Kills trailer just dropped. <laughs> Today? It, right yeah. now. I thought that was supposed to be next week. Oh, wow. That's kind of like a in, in a way it's kind of say on the same topic because it it is a reboot soft reboot <clears throat> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. just like Star Trek just like this Star Trek is a soft reboot which soft reboot like I don't know if you guys disagree it's kind of like you know what happened happened before but it's kind of like yeah this is a new new thing for a new generation like right. the Force Awakens was right yeah I don't care about that I don't care about what you call it I just yeah. I, look, I look for three things in a movie like this. Imagination, invention, inspiration, and they had that. Copy that. Hopefully, I'm surprised you liked it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised you liked it. Like I was I shocked. It. I loved yeah. it, except for Scotty. So everyone likes it, <laughs> except <Yeah>. for Scotty. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go ahead and get into it. Star Wars Episode Seven. Yes, the Force Awakens. Yes. All right. So when this got released, we were like, you know, like I said, I'm a I'm Star Wars fanboy, man. I'm just like, oh, I got a Star Light, lightsabers. I see lightsabers. That's it. That's all, <laughs> that, that was it. It was like when Star Wars Episode One came out. I didn't know anything. I was just like, ooh, lightsabers. Woo! Right? <laughs> Flashy, glowy sticks. Woo! So I went. We went to go see it, and it was fun. It was like it was like a familiar warm hug hey do you guys remember star wars do you remember the first movie yeah do you do you remember the the trench scene at the end of the first movie we got that here for you do you remember the the death star we got that here for you but it's bigger it's even bigger yeah the villain wore a black helmet did you like that you remember that we you got that here too you got a young big doughy eyed stuck in a rut hero that's gonna go on this t- long adventure you remember that we got that here too you remember han and chewy 
You remember Han and Chewie, right? We got that here too. Remember Leia? She's here too. You need a hot shot, you know, character that, that has all these jokes and, and one and one liners. We got that here too. All right. So it felt it was a fun experience. We saw the movie. We enjoyed it. The special effects are great. Action sequences are fun. It was great seeing practical effects on the screen again. I was like, holy shit, practical effects. You know, creatures, monsters, all this cool stuff. And it was fun seeing all, you know, or, or eating all the member berries. <laughs> and we reviewed the movie afterwards and we gave it an extremely high rating. And then a term, th a term throughout, the, throughout the internet, Mary Sue, Mary Sue, Mary Sue, and me and my wife defended the fuck out of Ray when this first movie came out. We were like, no, 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 you just wait. It's all going to be explained in the next two movies, okay? It's all going to be explained. Yeah, but but she doesn't know how to use the force, but she, she, just, she just knew how to control someone's mind and have that person free her? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it's going to be explained in the next movie. <laughs> we defended Ray to the death. Now I wish I can go back in time and change my review. Yeah. Because the other two movies, the other two movies came out, and even when we got the Rise of Skywalker, there was a small part of me that really was trying to trying to 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 root for Ray, like. Try, I really wanted to love this character. I tried so hard by the end. Even at the end, I was like, see, she's not Mary Sue. She she almost lost to Kylo Ren. Uh, well, uh, because... Princess Leia had to, General Leia had to save uh, her, uh, her. So see, she's not a Mary Sue. That's because Jesus the second Christ. movie makes her a fucking idiot. That's the problem. Yeah. The second movie makes her I can't disagree with any of that. That's nothing to do with the first movie. You shouldn't change your review of the first movie just because the, the two after completely go into the toilet you know it's, i kind it's, of agree it's, with it's, that yes for like this, this, for this and, and I'll, i'm sorry i'm yapping away I'll get oh no 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 no, no that's fine but, but that's no, my that, problem is no that's a good point movie. join the club, no, that's a, join the club that's a perfect that's a perfect point fj that's a that's a great point but similar to what rick said before he ended the <laughs> other two movies have tainted this movie Even for me this movie, the, the the other two films, they kind of tainted this movie for me. Now, I tried that rewatching. That makes it. sense. That I get. Yeah. That I get. Yeah, I tried rewatching it today. I got halfway and I turned it off. I had better things to do. <laughs> put it this way. Put, put it. Put it. Put it this way. We had Ray Pops. We were Ray, 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 Ray. Sold all those pops. I gave them away. And now when I see. A rave. I look, I just recently saw a Ray Funko pop, and it's one of her sitting down, like the scene in the movie, where she has the helmet on and she's mm -hmm. just sitting there. And I was like, "Oh, look at that! Look at all that fucking wasted potential! <laughs> look at that! Isn't please that amazing?" Please record this and make its own video, please. <laughs> make this its you own know. video, bro. Please. Action. <laughs> action sequences, though, are really good. The action sequences in this. Kind of, kind of kick Star Trek's ass. I'm gonna be honest here. Hmm. The the visuals are great. The the fight in the snow with the lightsaber fight. We've never seen any. We've never seen anything like that before. Visually, it looks amazing. But you know what's funny? When you watch that movie, I, everybody in the theater clapped and cheered when Ray picked up the lightsaber and she started fighting back. Everybody in the mm -hmm. theater was like, "Woo!" 
It's all. It's all. Don't worry about it. She. She. Who cares if she don't got no training? Who cares? Fuck it. She knows how to do everything now. Let's let's let's, let's roll with it. Woo, Ray. When you go back to it now, really, the better lightsaber fight was Finn versus Kylo, mm -hmm. because if you think about it, there was actual tension there because you knew he was out of his league. You knew he 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 was just. Kylo was way more powerful than him. So you can actually like, oh man, Finn's, Finn might actually get his ass kicked, which he did. I can't say the same about the Ray versus Kylo fight. But that's enough of my yakking. You just Let's don't like women. Get it. I think you've been exposed. <laughs> See, exposed. you figured it out. You figured it out. All right. Uh, Frank, Rise of Skywalker. You know, I, I still find, you know, I still felt kind of surprised that, you know, until, you know, we we're about to do this episode. I've never rewatched this film. You know, I, <laughs> I, I saw it in theaters, and I've never rewatched it since. And because of the pot, you know, but because of this episode, you know, I, I actually, you know, I put it out and 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 rewatch this, and even in three D. You know, nice. I really have no issue with this film. Like like Samurai said, you know, the visuals are great, the actions are fantastic. I love that Falcon chase in Yaku. I thought that was awesome. You know, awful. Oh, you know, fan fantastically done. I saw it in IMAX when. When you know when she said that garbage will do, they turn around and then the whole you know the the aspect ratio to the IMAX ratio, and then that whole chasing was you know was showing the IMAX ratio, you know wonderful stuff. You know um, special effects are great. Um, casting, I like the casting. I, I like I like the casting of Finn and Ray. I thought those were you know the John Boyega and and um, Daisy. You know they um, what's her name? Um, Daisy Ridley. Uh, Daisy Ridley. Yeah, I thought I thought those two were very good casting. Um, so the only problem is, is to me is like a new hope 2.0. Yeah. You know, we, we've seen this before. You know, the story line was similar. Uh, you know, they're trying to, you know, you have the same robot, you're changing the map, they're trying, you know, trying to rescue somebody. And then you know, we've seen it before. Um, which makes me kind of think, you know, I don't know, yeah. where, I don't know where this age gap is, is causing this, um, <laughs> You know, like we when we grew up, we watched A New Hope. We loved it, right? So, so you know, we, we thought that was great, fantastic. And it makes me wonder, like, um, maybe this film to a kid would be like they're A New Hope. You know, you know what I mean? Like maybe sure. twenty years later, when they grew up, they they sure. they were they were like they were um they got praise this film just like how we how we you know remember uh, the episode four. So That's gonna know. happen. That's gonna right, happen. Right? Right, yeah, because it's so, been proven with the prequels, but I'll get to that. Mm -hmm. And then also, Ooh, I remember point. when I saw the film in theater, the reaction to like say Han Solo showing up, uh, and then like 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 Samurai said, Ray picking up the lightsaber, the the the, re the crowd reaction was not as strong as back in uh, Phantom Menace, and I was actually kind of surprised. I remember Phantom Menace when, uh, you know, when 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 um, what's his name, uh, Evan McGregor said, you know, we'll take care, we'll take care of. Uh, Darth Maul, the whole theater just like, you know, cheer and stuff. So it's like the anticipation for Phantom Menace somehow felt bigger than the anticipation for this reboot. I think it's because Phantom Menace was still the first reboot since Return of Jedi. So so there was this great anticipation. You know, the, the reaction was stronger here. Whereas here, I remember in the theater, people's reaction wasn't that strong for some reason. But going back to the movie, I really have no complaints with the movie. You know, just that like like it's like this just being there, done that feel. Um, and also there are certain things like, you know, like, like, like Samurai mentioned, this is a trilogy. So, so there are things in this film, which kind of frustrates me because knowing that, oh, I wouldn't find out until the next film or the third mm -hmm. film, 
especially in that scene on the planet when when that when when that uh, creature said a good question for another time. Like like oh yeah, when Han asked her, where did you get this lightsaber? And she said, you know, Masconada. Right, a good question. Yeah, yeah, a good question for another time. I said, oh yeah, great. I gotta wait wait two years to find out now, or six, four years. So yeah. so that's kind of like frustrating. And you still never found out. Exactly, right. you never found exactly. That's what I want to say. Because of Rick's beloved second movie. Exactly. <laughs> so, so there were all these loose ends. There were all these loose ends in, in like films like this where some of them would never get answered. And again, like. Like Samurai said, Ray's background, you you, you it's building you up to, to find out exactly what her origin was. I was Team by, Ray. Right, right. I was Team Ray, man. Yeah, and Team Ray, like, exactly. And then by the time I'm you like, shut out, the fuck up. That's what I am now. Yeah. I'm a Skywalker. Shut the fuck up, Ray. Exactly. And you, Jesus you just Christ. So down by then, you know. Sorry. You just so out. <laughs> so, again, like I said, really no big issue with this film, but. Yeah. You know, I fast forward lots of the scenes when I rewatch this. You yeah. know, unlike Star Trek, where I basically rewatch the whole thing again. So, and with that said, I, I, I know some of you are going to hate me for this, but I actually rewatched the Last Jedi several times. Uh, okay. There was, there was there, in, there's fans, <laughs> believe it or yeah, not, no, there's there a lot of fans film. for Last Jedi. Exactly. No, there are yeah. there are things in that film which I really like. I like how different they were. And I, and I, I really, like I said, I really hope that we will do a podcast on, and we will do an episode on the Last Jedi. I will a fight. Point out what I you like mean about a fight? It. No, the, the fight. Okay, big time. The casino planet sequence sucks big time, but there are things in that film which I actually kind of appreciate. But that dude, they double the parked. They double parked when they got to there. <laughs> yeah. Don't look. The rebels double parked. Look. <laughs> but so, but yeah, here's my thing. Rose, I mean, you Pico, know, and Finn double parked at the casino yeah. planet to get caught. So yeah, that's in conclusion. They did watch it again. These, you know. mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, in conclusion, no, problem, you know, no real issue with this film. It's just, it just it's done. It's done it before, and somehow. They really didn't strike me as something extraordinary. That's all. Okay, but overall, you still enjoyed. You still a lot of. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. people rate. They do rate this when they everyone everyone that does like their Star Wars films rank. They put Force Awakens up there, not above the original trilogy, but they may go original trilogy and then maybe Force Awakens or Return of the Sith and then maybe Force Awakens. But it there's a lot of fans for it. Now, can you watch it now and enjoy it? Sure, but I have to be real. I have to be honest. You know, I'm literally and, getting and just, my list right now. That I all right, FJ. All right, let's swing it to FJ. <laughs> FJ, go for it, man. Uh, well, let, let me say, I really like this movie, but I don't disagree with anything you guys are saying. Um, this is a really good pilot for a Star Wars TV show, mm. and not necessarily a good self-contained movie. Um, and it reeks to me of tentative skit like nervous corporate movie making so let's be safe let's be let's make it familiar because there was such a backlash of the prequels right that's why i don't think you can frank's comparing the reaction of phantom menace and force awakens which is understandable because they're walking into when they walk into Phantom Menace, you have nothing, right? You have nothing other than your imagination in this world and the nostalgia of X Men. When you walk into Force Awakens, the shit is 
broken, right? Like, like the fan base is already broken, right? They've already been burned by this movie. So where I think the movie succeeds is exactly similar how you felt by the time it was over, you were on Team Ray. And that's, J.J., to his credit, create a series of new leads that, and I'm saying this as somebody who's deep in the Star Wars fandom, no one really questions those characters as being part of the Star Wars universe after that first movie. Like, you're cool with Kylo Ren. You're cool with Ray and Finn and Poe. Like, okay, you've got me intrigued by these characters. Now, where it goes, that's not for this show. That's for Rick and I to scratch and claw and kick <laughs> later on. But what this movie does a good job is is recasting Alec Guinness with Harrison Ford. Like, the second Harrison Ford's in that movie, you know, he's fucking dead by this time this is over, right? Yeah. And they they set up a lot. So, wow, that was good. How you That's good. Right yeah. Thank and you. Thank you. So, I really like what is new in this movie. What is What those new characters. What the movie does a terrible job of is almost the exact opposite of Phantom Menace, which is exposition about the state of the galaxy and the world. We know nothing about this world. We know nothing. It takes no time in setting up the state of the universe, state of the galaxy. When they blow up, you know, when Starkiller Base does its Death Star 3 blasting, I don't know who these people are. I don't know where this is going. It feels like there's a chunk of the movie missing, right? Like it feels like there's a chunk of this world. You haven't taken any time to tell who Leia is. And meanwhile, they do a million books and all that shit. I don't have time for that shit. Like, you don't, like, it's so familiar, but those leads are intriguing enough that I want to go on the journey with them. And and Harrison Ford is deceptively really good in it. Because up until that point, the last 20 years of his career is like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm cranky, right? And this does a good job of, I believe it's that character was another thing JJ does a good job of. I actually believe that's Leia and Han and Chewie all those years later. Like I'm totally cool with where they're at, etc. The problem is I feel like there's a half hour missing from it, but it does enough to launch this new iteration of the franchise. It does all this wonderful work of establishing Luke Skywalker as this mystical character etc and i'm not going to say what i think about what they do after because rick is going to go on a whole fucking <laughs> shaolin temple rant for two hours about and all this crap but the i think the movie really succeeds in doing what it did to you samurai and it did to a lot of people was it brought them back mm-hmm. it brought them back into this world it got this is the best like you said this is the frank you were saying or samurai somebody's saying the best moment is Yep. These kids are being thrown into this world because really this, you know, Kylo Ren doesn't get enough credit because I think he's actually a really interesting villain that, again, I think the second movie sort of blows and the third movie can't recover from. And that's my problem with the third movie, Rick, is that the second movie ignores the first movie so much that the third movie has to make, try and figure out, answer all the shit the second movie didn't answer while answering all the shit from the second movie that contradicts all the shit from the first movie. Right, so it becomes a clusterfuck of bullshit, of collapsing on the weight because it ends up having to be half the second movie and be the third movie. Right, 
So, but the prop, the first movie does a really good job. The, you know what my biggest problem with the first movie is? That is the one of the only things I like about the second movie is the second movie is shot so much better. The first movie shot like a TV pilot. It's yeah. shot from below. Every time they're walking, it's tight yes. shots. You get no sense of scope in the world that the second movie does a great job of like this epic feel and breathing and uh, especially the opening of the second movie is really good where, you know, they're escaping the base and all that shit. Um, but the, the first movie delivers on the promise. And this is how it connects to the Star Trek movie is JJ knows how to cast young people. And especially in this is you never question the validity of those characters in the Star Wars universe. It's where they go. That becomes the problem. It's where they're taken. And Rick, I'm just going to say this about the second movie. If I hadn't seen the second movie and you took me through it and you said, here's what happens, I would think the second movie is the greatest Star Wars movie ever made. The problem is the execution and the script mm. are so limp and they're so misinformed on how to deliver a Star Wars movie that, you, to summarize point, you retroactively damage the first movie and give nobody a hope of being able to make a successful third movie. That's my problem. All the intentions are good. They go to a casino planet. On paper, you're thinking, fuck, they go to a casino planet. This is the greatest thing ever. Now, subsequently, the first movie, they go, they're going to go to a pirate's cove, and they're going to go to this pirate planet. It's like, well, it's another fucking forest planet. You know what I mean? Like, the problem with what I think made me appreciate Lucas, I'm not a prequel hater. I don't hate anything Star Wars. I don't even hate The Last Jedi. There are things where I sit there and I go, I don't like this. Somebody else does. They're going to make more. I'll like something later. That's how Marvel, you see, if this isn't for me, fine. I have no problem with new or reboots as long as you make it good, right? The problem with the first movie is the first movie suffers from a lack of world building that Lucas was fucking great at, in, especially in the prequels. You got a water planet. You got a lava planet. You got all these things. Like they're sitting there going, I can't tell the difference between Jakku and Tatooine, mm -hmm. right? But by the way, as I mentioned, the Star Trek book, you know, with Star Trek, is I recommend finding the Art of Force Awakens, is because it actually is chronologically done, and it's still when Lucas is involved, when Jakku is actually a graveyard for spaceships. It's all skyscrapers made out of broken spaceships. Like you could tell how they sort of not necessarily watered down but how they go more and more familiar because I think Disney panics and I think they force that on JJ. And I think, you know, and the way he can get away with it in Star Trek is because, well, it's fucking Star Trek, right? They don't have an ice planet. Oh, we could put Kirk there, right? It's our tribute to Hoth, right? Like, like that's what I'm saying. Star Trek made by Star Wars fans. The problem is when you get into Star Wars, it's Star Wars being made by Star Wars fans and not in a good way, like the Mandalorian. It's Star Wars made by people who are so scared that this is a billion dollar <laughs> risk. We need to make it familiar and bring them in. The problem is that when they get to the second movie, they're trying to sit there and go, now we're going to subvert it. Now we're going to do all this shit. But you can't. You can't because they bought into this in the first one and they bought into these people. And JJ, I, I hate to throw JJ under the bus, but the biggest mistake that destroys the whole franchise is the final scene of the movie. Right. And Rick, I'm going to make a Shaolin Temple reference in this because I've made this for years with these movies is the problem is JJ sets it up that the movie has to answer the question of what happens when she gives Luke the saber. Right. So the problem is you're forced where the next movie starts 35 seconds after 
the last movie, right? Because you got to answer the question of Luke picking up the fucking lightsaber, right? (laughs) So the problem becomes the beauty of the original trilogy and even the prequels was that you could pick up wherever you wanted. So they had, when you start Empire Strikes Back, they've been on adventures. They've talked about it. You can tweak the characters and develop them in a way where those relationships and bond. Like I remember watching the fucking Last Jedi, and at the end you have Poe and Ray meeting. It's like you just finished the fucking second movie. Han and Leia were making out in the fucking middle of the second one. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff. So what I would have done, and Rick, this is for you, is I would have started the second movie six months later, and Ray is on her knees outside the Jedi Temple, waiting for Luke to acknowledge her. Hmm. And she's been through the weather. It's every fucking Shaolin Temple movie. They yeah. sit outside the temple and they go through every season and they get rained on and snowed on. Someone brings them out rice to be nice, right? And all that shit. And then Luke should have acknowledged her. You know, been like, I'm not going to fucking train you. Right? And also, like, I guarantee you, JJ didn't set up that fucking movie for Luke to throw the fucking lightsaber and be like, <laughs> peace out, right? He set it up to be the great warrior. And the second Carrie Fisher died, before that second movie came out, they should have sat there and said, we're going to change Luke, disappear. He disappears, but he's one with the Force, and he's going to come back in third movie and be a badass fucking Shaolin monk. They can't monk. do that, though. Why? It'll upset the Chinese market with the spirit. No, no. Oh, yeah. No. It's irrelevant. It's yeah. true. It's no, true. He, no, he knows. Let me tell he you knows. something. No, 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 yep. no, no, no. Let me this, tell you this is about the money. That Star Wars argument. doesn't work You're going to lose Because Star Wars, Force Awakens didn't do shit in China. They put Donnie Yen in a fucking... Star Wars movie, it didn't sell in China. They have no reverence for it because it yeah. didn't come out there. But they right. still beat the dead matter. horse. But they're still beating dude, the dead horse. Dude, I do. I go through this on Transformers all the time with this shit. They, the Chinese mm-hmm. market is the Chinese market. They wouldn't have thought twice about that shit, right? What they should have done was made sure they had the Luke as the great warrior in the third movie because they didn't do it in the second movie. And you fucking have destroyed that audience and sent them to war. Anyway, I'm rambling on. Force Awakens is awesome. I love it. It's not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, but what it did a great job of teeing up a new generation of Star Wars that the subsequent movies, like the subsequent JJ movies with Star Trek, destroy. Sorry. Uh, Lewis, uh, are you good for time, my friend, or you got to roll? Yeah, I'll, I'll go real quick uh, uh, okay. because it's Star Wars, but th- thanks. This is awesome. Uh, I mm. honestly feel that everyone here is way more knowledgeable than I am, but I'm speaking as a, just as a fan, you know, Um, and and it's probably the first, the first film I saw with my mom was star Wars. I remember at the Chinese theater hiding under the chair when I saw Darth Vader come out. I I remember that. And and also I remember buying the ticket, uh, making a long one hour line to buy the ticket and then another hour line to get in the damn theater. So that's how far I go back. Right. Um, You couldn't pre-buy any of that. Force Awakens, listen, the reason it's the, the storylines like that so familiar is because the prequels damaged Star Wars. Uh, that's what happened. It's, it was too different. We wanted to know the story of Anakin Skywalker's conflict with Ben Kenobi and everything and what happened. We got Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, it's it's we got Jar Jar Binks 45. He's at least 80% of the, of the, of the movie, right? So we got a lot of uh, sacrificing storyline for VFX with with the prequels. That's what I think. And the VFX are horrible at this point. Uh, I, I like Ray. Uh, if you watch a trailer 
uh, for The Force Awakens, you hear Maz Kanata, and this was a deleted scene or, or just for the trailer. She asks Ray, who are you? And she says, I'm no one. That's So I never thought Ray was related to anyone. I felt like Ray was a product... Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I felt like Ray was a pro. Yeah, that was that was that was good actually. Um, I felt like Ray was a product of um, the energy field that is the Force. That there's no good anymore, so they all it all gravitated towards her. That's why she's good at fighting and stuff like that. Plus, the film uh, a Samurai established that she's part of a bad neighborhood. She were she's that desert Jakku. She's constantly scavenger, uh, you know, a scavenger hunter, right, for her food and everything. They didn't show her fighting, but she had that stick, right? She beat up yeah. those thugs that were after um, uh, uh, Finn uh, and stuff. Uh, I love the uh, the the music of the movie. I love the way it looks. The casting was the hardest thing to do because how are you going to replace um, the char- You know, our beloved original Star Wars cast, but they kind of, I kind of felt like they were going to hand the torch down, which they kind of failed at that doing that. You know, like you got the new cast, get the older cast to give, you know, hand the torch to them. But holy cow, man, like JJ Abrams, you knew to have that Captain Kirk moment where he sits on the Enterprise, boom, with the entire, you know, new cast behind him. The, at least the characters are right. You didn't put the original cast of Star Wars back together again on the, on the Millennium Falcon. You didn't have Carrie Fisher, uh, Harrison Ford, you know, the, the robots and Chewbacca with Luke on the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. How do you drop that goddamn ball, bro? And it had nothing to do with Carrie's death because he killed off Han in the first movie. So never once did he think of putting them all together. Okay. JJ loves nostalgia trips. How do you miss that ball? And also, after Han dies, uh, Carrie Fisher or, or Leia, when they land on her planet where they're hiding, yeah. instead of hugging uh, uh, Chewie, she yes. goes straight to goddamn, uh, um, uh, you know, Ray. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Okay, Ray and 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 uh, the Latin guy. Uh, what's his name? Um, Oscar Isaac. Paul. Paul, yeah. Paul. They were talking together in that movie or on that planet. Then Ryan Johnson goes ahead and introduces them at the end of his movie because he never watched the Star Wars movie before. He didn't bother watching what came before. So, look, I like it alone. I like the movie alone. But it's hard. You're going to have to erase my memory because where it goes to, and I think FJ is, is on point. I wish he was actually after me please have him after me next time because he, he's so good at what he does he's, he's a real hard act to follow everyone here is but star wars and uh the the sequel trilogy embarrassed itself star trek did not embarrass itself it had problems but those three movies they they may be bad later we're talking about later a little bit add here they star wars by the time they got to the rise of skywalker it's embarrassing at this point so look uh, I think Star Trek, it it hurts me to say because I'm a Star Wars fan. Okay. I think this J.J. Abrams was at the right point to direct a Star Trek movie at his peak. And I think Star Trek, I'm going to vote right now, right. is better than The Force Awakens for what it is. And I also think Disney bought the property and they were like, yeah, we got Star Wars. But wait, we have to put wars in here? 
Oh, no. <laughs> I really don't think they want to put wars in there because everyone's good. Everyone's good. You know, you, you know, so it's like, I don't know. You need real bad guys, you know, unapologetic yeah, bad guys. All right. So that's your vote. Lewis Lego vote. voted Star Trek. Uh, All right, he guys. To, he, he's got to roll out. Don't forget to subscribe. Head over to Nerd Report. Subscribe. Nerd Report. Nuke the Fridge. Subscribe. A lot of fun, awesome content. Do it. Represent Batacity. All you and, guys uh, are, are awesome. Uh, Samurai, thanks for having me here. Anytime, my friend. See ya. And we'll, see, we'll see you next week for the next one. Have a good one, brother. All right, man. Have a good one. All right. Yeah. We might, as, we might as well just make that the next week's announcement now. Fuck it. What do you think, Rick? Rick? Yep. Next week, what? Last Jedi versus Rise of Skywalker. Oh, I know. Next week is the last Jedi versus Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, next week. Wow. Yeah. yeah, next week. All Maybe. right. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, versus. Yeah, versus against each other. All right. Uh, who's next? Kyle. Kyle, go for it, my friend. Kyle, baby. Uh, no one mentions a comedy in this film. Like the comedy <laughs> where we're funny. like. <laughs> Because there, just how it, because there is like a moment where you have the main character. One of the main characters is actually talking to the villain, and it's like, who talks first? But then again, right. everything in this film like was done well in space balls. Everything <laughs> was done well in space balls. <laughs> 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 Baseball did this movie better. Yes, I would. Yeah. Aside, aside from me ranting about that, like the fact that George Lucas actually gave this property to Disney, and the fact that he had something planned, and no one want, no one at Disney wanted to take his notes after what happened with the prequels. Which, again, if you're gonna screw up a whole f- property, just have the original creator do it. Honestly, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Like. Like, just tank it the way you want it. And then when you have J.J. Abrams coming in, and I just found out recently that he actually drafted all three of the sequel sequels, and then when they gave it to Ryan Johnson, it's like, here, Ryan Johnson, get, you have episode eight. Here, Colin Trevorrow, which you're going to get episode nine, which apparently everyone says was better. And I was like, yeah, let's, 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 let's talk about that. <laughs> I like that shirt. Nice. Go ahead, but, the truth is, like, I, when I first saw this film in theaters, of course, everyone wanted a new Star Wars film, a new Star Wars Episode 7. I did not expect a new hope. Well, yes, Frank, right. you said a new hope 2.0 for the generation now, which I totally understand because this is Disney we're talking about. Disney owns this whole property. And the fact that they were re-releasing it for a new audience. Now that I've seen the all all three of these films, I just thought in my head, like, okay, this film, what beats does it hit on a different new level? Like, yes, we have new characters, but at the same time, I wish Finn was a central character. I really wish Finn was a central character because he had more of the conflict of being like but sucked in. I, I thought Snoke was your favorite villain of all time. Snoke, Snoke just manipulates everything. Like, 
Nope, just manipulates everything. Like, yes, he's manipulating me right now to say that Kylo Ren was the best character in the whole film. Look how brooding and very, very, like, obsessed he is with his grandfather's dark sideness. God. But no, I I rather Finn would have been the central character being a torn character of going into the First Order and then literally trying to redeem himself. But we don't, we barely get a redemption arc. And for the fact that he plays a red herring when he's like, maybe I can believe in the force and that's how it works. And then Han Solo says, that's not how the force works. I I even thought about that. Like, how how does the force work now? Because wasn't it originally midichlorians for what the prequels have told us? (laughs) But, (laughs) 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 but again, when we have a character like Ray that just knows how to do everything, and then of course we talk about what happens in the Last Jedi, which we will talk about, it it just goes to the point where what is this movie trying to say? And really, when I watched it again for this, I just sat there going, "This is just a New Hope twenty fifteen, and the fact that we have er- I." Every fan film that has came out was better than this film. The Mandalorian is better than this film. Mm-hmm. The original trilogy is better than this film. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a lot of flack. I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this, but I gotta be honest. I'll take Rogue One over over this any day. Rogue One was yeah, better than I'll this take film. Rogue I'm even over this. I'm even wearing my Death Trooper shirt. Rogue for One this. is the fourth best Star Wars movie. Yes. Oh, hey. Woo. FJ's the man. I think it's the third best. I think it's yeah. the third best. We should it's do probably a better movie than Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's probably a better movie. And, and it's the only Star Wars film that actually has a war. An actual war in it. <laughs> With, whereas everyone has stated, this film does not set up what the world we're, we're in now compared to Star Trek. We don't know how, even though, yes, we have the text call saying, yep, here's the First Order. Here's the Resistance. Here's what's going on. There you go. And how do we go off from that? But on that, like, yeah, that was all my negatives. What is the positive right. of this? So it's kind of similar, kind of similar to me. You know? I don't even but have F- any problems. But FJ, FJ brought up a good point earlier. Like, it doesn't, it sh- bad sequels shouldn't have to ruin the original. Like, Robocop 2 and 3 will never ruin Robocop for me. Yes, uh, but RoboCop didn't have unanswered questions going into the no. next movie. <laughs> RoboCop is a self-contained movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the problem is with this trilogy in particular, and this is a fact. And I say this having just done a trilogy based on a beloved franchise, whether they want to kill you or not, is the fact that they went into this trilogy with no plan. And and Kyle, you talk about how JJ had ideas. Exactly, thrown out. Lucas had ideas. Yeah. Lucas had a trilogy. They threw that out, right? Yep. So the problem is, I don't know how you sit there and go, we have a multi-billion dollar investment, and we don't at least know how it's going to end. Yes. Right? Like, like the fact that they're sitting there and going, oh, we're going to start here, we're going to end here. Now, mm-hmm. it'll change. You know, you guys as filmmakers all understand this. Things change as you create, right? Yes. And things come in and out, and you also have the benefit, and the other problem is, I said this on another on a Star Wars podcast, is I actually think they do damage by doing these things every two years, because what they yes. don't have is that extra year when they mm. did three years in between 
to sit there and know, okay, the audience, like Lucas did that, like, okay, Jar Jar Banks, he's fucking out. Yeah. Right? When you do the second movie, third movie, et cetera, right? Like, you can pivot, et cetera. But with this, they're literally sitting there making the second one when they haven't even finished the first one. Yes. And they're sitting there, well, can you tweak this, change that? No, fuck you. And it becomes a whole different thing. Sorry, I'm, I'm taking away from other people's time. No, no. But, but that's, I just don't, for the life of me, and I shouldn't say these things publicly, how in a multi-billion dollar franchise, you're not sitting there and going, okay, this is how it's going to go. Because I guarantee you, JJ is a TV guy in particular. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned that too many times. At least sat there and said in his mind, this is where these guys are going to end up. Copy yeah. that. I, I, it, it, it's bullshit. When we get to me, my main contention is, how could they let this happen? <laughs> we didn't even get to you yet. I forgot we didn't get to you yet. When we get to me, I'm talking and they about don't have a Kevin Feige. How this happened? That should be the tagline underneath the poster. How did this happen? How did they let this happen? How did they let this happen? All right, Frankie. All right, yeah. When uh, Can you hear me? Sorry, my mic. Yeah, you're good, man. You're good. I remember when I uh, saw it, I got tickets to see it at the Dome, at the Cinerama Dome, and I was so excited. They were selling, like, so much merch, and, and I wanted to get this shirt that had all the titles, like, all, like leading up to Force Awakens, and it was a huge line. And my girlfriend's like, come on, we just go to the, like, let's just go inside. And I'm like, if I miss out, like, I'll get it after the movie, okay? And she's like, yeah, okay, okay. And so I came out of the movie, and I was the greatest idea that I didn't buy that fucking shirt, man. This movie pissed me off <laughs> so much. Yes. Oh, wow. It's wow. Done. But it, it angered me so much, okay? Because, like you said, the warm hug. Yeah, remember the Millennium Falcon? Remember Sand Planets? Remember that? Remember the old guy dying? Like, I, I did. I saw that as a warm hug, but I saw it as a stepfather hug. A stepfather that can kill my mom and everybody. You the bad thing was going to happen. Like, I just felt it. Like, you did. I don't know. Like, the trailer, I was all excited. I knew Kylo Ren. I knew his lightsaber. I defended his, like, double-hilted lightsaber to people. People were like, his hand would get chopped off. I was like, no, you don't understand. I was there, man. So, I mean, and then John Boyega attacked the block. He's so cool in that. And then you got a lightsaber in the trailer. Like, this is going to be so cool. And then, oh, no, the lightsaber, it's Ray, who we already know is a badass. It's that point forward. So, of course, he's going to kick Kylo Ren's ass. Uh, I was Man, so disappointed. I, my, my mind is blown, just like last week, Rick. <laughs> yeah. but the, young, the youngling. The youngling yeah. here. Man, I, I, I'm stunned. But just, but just like so you what, said. So what are your a, negatives? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but so, I mean, like you said, it was like a pilot. Like if, I, if this was a show, yeah, I'd be yeah. like, fuck, I want Disney Plus for a fucking year. But here it was just like, wait, what? Like, no, man. I don't know. Wow. Uh, it wow. really, it kicked me in the ball. So when we got to Last Jedi, it, that yeah. because it was so different and fucking up everything, I was happy. Like, oh, I was, okay. Wait, this That's is different. Going a different Uh-oh. direction. FJ yep. sitting up. And then I remember, <laughs> <laughs> man, next next Thursday is going to be really interesting. So, yeah. Frankie, you got to be here now. Frankie, you can't get out of it. You got to be here now. Now, I mean, wow, it's, it's interesting. And then, but just all the actors, Oscar Isaacs. That's the big. I saw that in the chat. That's the biggest tragedy. Yeah, He's the actor, and there's yeah. All he complains about is like, in the, oh God, just stop. <laughs> all right. Wow. Look. All right. You know, again older than everybody else, 
was there at the beginning. It was just awesome sauce. And Empire Strikes Back. But, you know, it set me up. New Hope, or as I called it, Star Wars, uh, followed by Empire Strikes Back, set me up for this new trilogy. I also, I don't, did I tell you the story of this? This is one of my books again. Did, did you write that? I did. I, what's oh. my name? My name's right I didn't know. The, yeah, it's right there. Yeah, Richard. Right there. But you notice <laughs> what the title is? From Rollerball to Return of the Jedi. Because they held up the publication of this so I could go see Return of the Jedi. And the final chapter is my review of, of Return of the Jedi, which I was confused by, which I didn't really like. Because all the really fabulous ideas they introduced in Empire uh, Strikes Back, they throw out the window in the third one. And I found out, and again, just like I'm, I'm, the, I'm the movie detective. I, I love movie mysteries in that I want to find out why they screwed up Brave, why they screwed up Good Dinosaur, why they screwed up Empire Strikes Back. And I found out later, because, you know, I also almost wrote a trilogy of books, so I was affiliated with all the people at uh, Star Wars then. My good friend Craig Miller was working at with Star Wars in the beginning, uh, that George Lucas created all those really great plot lines in case any of the actors didn't sign up for Return of the Jedi. And when they all did, he just threw out the plot lines. He didn't follow through. So I was like going, well, that's a disappointment. But in any case, and then I watched the prequels where my theory was that George Lucas was so upset and shocked by the fan reaction that for some reason, either consciously, subconsciously, or unconsciously, he decided never to make an involving movie ever again. And if you look at all his movies from them, they're they're technically proficient, but they are soulless. You know, all the all the characters might as well be pod people. And and I was told by someone that he directed the prequels the way Jack Webb directed uh, Dragnet, which was speak faster, speak slower, just say the words. That was Jack Webb's main direction: just say the words. So I also know about people at Disney. Like I said, I was in there. They were talking to me. They bought, they stole Doomstar. They didn't buy it. They were saying they were going to buy it. They didn't. And so I was, I was hearing about all sorts of stuff from my, my Superman crew because everybody who worked on Superman also worked on the Star Wars movies because everybody works on the movies in England. Everybody, it's the same cast and crew. It's a small world. And so I was hearing all sorts of things. I knew people who, was, who were working with Kathleen Kennedy. I have a friend who was told by Kathleen Kennedy that he would never work in this town again. So I, you know, so I was really curious what was going to happen. I didn't have a dog in this particular new fight. So when I saw the new movie, I just started smiling because I went, I know what they're doing. <laughs> I reacted the exact same way I reacted to the sixth sense when I realized that, you know, spoiler alert, Bruce Willis was dead. I was like, going, I know what they're doing. And then they did it. And so I, what they were doing, they felt the need to get the taste of the prequels out of the fans' mouths. The reason, I think, Frank, that they didn't react as strongly to what was happening in uh, The Force Awakens that they did originally is that once bitten, twice shy. They were still very, very cautious about this. And so... But then the first one, I mean, hey, 
Finn and Ray can run like nobody's business. Those are <laughs> awesome runners. And so I'm enjoying this immensely, knowing exactly what they're doing and expecting them to do. But then the second movie coming. Well, the first, no, the first movie comes out. And the main argument that I heard about the second movie, oh, it was so predictable. It was so predictable. It's the, you know, it's the original movie over again. And, and so for I the, went for to, the second movie. No, for the first one. Oh, okay. For for okay. Uh, Force Awakens. Oh, okay. So predictable. So predictable. And so I go into, <laughs> and also I have already I already like Ryan Johnson a lot because of his mysteries, because of Brick, and you know I thought he so I'm saying I'm really interested in what he's going to do with this, and what he did with this as far as I was concerned, and again I had the completely opposite reaction to you, Frankie, because I was laughing. Because I don't have a dog in this fight anymore. I'm not really a big Star Wars fan because I only think there are three great Star Wars movies and the rest of them were mediocre to bad. As a science fiction writer, I mean, Doomstar, the one that Disney originally wanted to bought, I did in the spirit of the original, I wrote it in 1979 in the spirit of the original Star Wars because it was such a spectacular experience. Oh, and by the way, before I forget, coming out July 3rd is this book. Secrets of the Force. It's the complete, uncensored, unauthorized oral history of Star Wars by the guys who did the two volumes set on Star Trek, also did the amazing James Bond book. And so they're doing a Star Wars book now that's coming out July 13th. And I'm happy to say that they asked me to write about and contribute about every single action scene in all the movies. Hmm. So I write about specifically the lightsaber sequences in all the movies, and I'm very excited. I'm I'm anxious to see how much of my quotes they use. But you know, I digress. I wonder if my quote got in too. Oh, great, Oxen Frank. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I well, everybody I'm gets a quote. Awesome. Everybody gets a fucking quote. <laughs> yeah, well, you get a quote. You get a quote. You get a quote. Everybody, everybody gets a quote. <laughs> so I'm laughing my ass off at Last of the Jedi because I'm basically looking around to all the fans. And by the way. I mean, I'm looking at all the fans at my screenings. I saw it three times. The first, I saw it in 3D. I saw it in 2D. I saw it in two different houses, uh, you know, a larger audience. And every single one was like watching. I would turn around and look at the fans, and you could always tell the Star Wars fans because they were always in the audience doing this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they had the what the F is going on looks on their face. And, I've, and I psychically, you know, I didn't say it out loud in the theater, but I was spent all my time. I did it literally in the lobby afterwards. Predict this, assholes. Predict this. I dare you to predict anything that happens in this movie. But then, immediately, of course, I'm going, how did they let this happen? <laughs> who was in charge of this? Who was at the tiller? Who, who was guiding this ship? And then when the third one came out, where as far as I could tell, the only directive J.J. was given is just finish it. We don't care how you finish it. Just fucking finish it. Get rid of it. So there were a lot of, yeah, Star Wars, uh, the, uh, this one, uh, uh, why am I blanking? Force Awakens. Force Awakens was directed by a guy who was trying very hard to please everybody. He was trying to please the studio. He was trying to please the producer. He was trying to please the audience. The second movie was directed by a guy who hated Star Wars. 
<laughs> it's like Alien 3. <laughs> hey. Alien movie for people who hate the first two aliens. No, it's directed no. by somebody who was told, fuck the first movie, that he didn't listen to us. I'll, I'll get into that next week. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I, yeah. That's he why doesn't, I'm so happy you're here, FJ, because I He doesn't you. hate Star Wars. Yeah. He just... I, I'm so, by the way, I'm so glad Knives Out happened because it made me love him again, you know, because I think he's a fantastic film, like near flawless I like, filmmaker. I like Looper. I, I think, I love oh, it's, oh, it's a masterpiece. The, yeah. the, the problem with Last Jedi is you had a director who would listen and was malleable as opposed to JJ, who A, was trying to please everybody, like Rick said but had his own point of view. And that's a story we'll get into another time. I unfortunately have to split. I'm sorry, guys. I got to... Uh, what's your vote, Oh, oh it's, it's Star Trek. It's Star Trek. It's because it's okay, a better so movie. so we got two for Star, Star Trek. Star Trek's a much better movie. Okay. I love Star Wars more than anything. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the, in terms of movie to movie, yeah. Star Trek better movie. Thank you, guys. Good hey. to see you all. See you next all week. Next week. Yeah, all right, have a good Great one. Time, anyway, so yeah. So big, and the third one was made by people who were just panic stricken. I mean, in Solo, the same kind of thing. So, uh, uh, it's made. These were by people who were paralyzed by their own fear, and their own yeah, self doubt, yeah. and their own second guessing. I'm and curious what the original Solo would have looked. Oh. You don't see that in Marvel because you got Kevin Feige. Right. Feige. Exactly. And FJ can address this because again, he knows the behind the scenes stuff. I'm guessing on the basis of my experience. Look at the difference between Marvel and Star Wars. And what's the huge difference there? One is produced by Foggy. One is produced by someone I'm not going to mention. Yeah. <laughs> I think Copy Solo would have been a great comedy. Yeah, yes. I was guess so I was. And it was gonna, supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, FJ, if we talk about that next week, FJ, when I was in Japan and saw FJ and we had lunch with me and my nephew, yeah. he, um, he explained what happened okay. with Solo. I'll ask him again next week just for yeah, fun. So that's awesome. So anyway, uh, do, you think, do, you think, do you think FJ might also know if a – Abrams cut actually exists for Rise of the Skywalker. <laughs> if anybody knows, I'm serious. Talking, but but again, we have, <laughs> we have to talk to him off camera. Okay, okay, I got because you. I don't want to. He is somebody who's working in the business. Yeah, yeah, I, I got you. His career in any way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, off camera, I'll ask him then. Because yeah. I don't care. I don't did care. you guys hear? Did you hear that? What there was a supposedly a longer version where things made more sense. Well, it all, they always are. They're always in the in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, there um, always is. But even so, the fact that they were hashtag cut, Abrams cut save the Abrams cut. <laughs> when you have when you have hateful producers who are willing yeah. to chop you off at the knee. Yeah. All right. Shouldn't be working for. Yeah. All right. You guys ready to vote? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let me show the internet's vote first. Internet always gets a voice here on the channel. Here we go. I'm not surprised. Boom. Oh. Of course. I mean, come on. There, there was no. You know, I'm actually. I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised Star Trek got that close. To be honest. <laughs> so I'm surprised. I expected Star Trek to get a lot less. So, but yeah, I'm not surprised. The internet has spoken. You're always surprised. I'm always surprised. Always. All right. All right. Time to vote. It's time to votey vote. Frank, who we got? So, who you got? Battlestar you know, Galactica. Star fan. You know, I grew up watching Star Wars. You know, I'm, you know, and, okay. and, and, and I, you know, I came into Star Trek much later than Star Wars, but still, okay. 
And I agree with FJ, both a great movie, both a fantastic movie, well done. Okay. <clears throat> Technically made, great actors, you know, uh, you know, it, it, they both have its merits, but you know, I gotta go with Star Trek this time. I think Star All Trek right. is wow. a little bit old, a little bit better than than Force Awakens. But like I All said, right. I do like The Last Jedi quite a lot. Yes. So. All right, man. Next week's gonna be interesting. Week, That's gonna yep. be interesting. To be honest, I actually don't know. <laughs> Next week. I, but that, but that, again, that's what makes good versuses. Versuses. versuses, versuses. versuses. All right. Star Trek for uh, Frank. And now, Kyle, who you got? So I definitely grew up watching the original Star Wars. Still have it somewhere, like the original cuts. And I'm going to say I vote for Spaceballs. <laughs> Baseballs was better than Star Wars Wars Awakens. And as much <laughs> as I always will back slightly yeah. Star Wars, I'm going with Star Trek because it is a self-contained movie and it right. was done well. All right. Copy that. And uh, I think I know what <laughs> Frankie's going to pick, but we got to hear it from the lips <laughs> of well, Garpozos. I'm a Star Wars fan. I will always be a Star Wars fan. I got my Star Tour shirt on and shit. I got oh, my shit. And stuff that might follow me at any minute. But I got to go with Star Trek, baby. They're just All right. Copy that. You didn't, after watching that, you didn't feel like somebody kicked you in the nuts. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that, yeah, that's my test. I feel like, I, like did my nuts feel right? All right. Thumbs up. <laughs> Kung Fu Santa. Is this sorry? Let me see. Let me blow it up again. I'm gonna blow it up. Hold on. I'm gonna blow it up so Chat can see. Hey, hey. There we go. All right. Yeah. Copy that. All right. So, what is Samurai gonna vote for? <laughs> the suspense building. Oh man. Ah. <laughs> uh, Right, there you Scott. go. Star Trek has won for the. Hmm? All I will say, except for Scotty, but then again, even Scotty is better than Jar Jar Binks. So That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I I really enjoyed Force Awakens a lot, and I see a lot of fans for it. And it, I just <laughs> hey, I'd rather have them love Force Awakens than some other ones. So <laughs> I get it. Uh, but yeah, I just I'm just like Rick and and Kyle. It's like when I when I watch the movie now. You know, I, I all I see is you know when they show Luke at the end with the Pantene Pro V shot. All I see, all I see when I watch that is him later drinking blue titty milk. You know, that's that's it. You know, it's it's very it's difficult. Can I think of I would love to do a book. The original uh, science fiction film book I wrote was seven hundred pages long. Oh I I was I was on the set of the first Star Trek, and also. I wrote my the it was 700 pages and my chapter on Star Trek alone was 70 pages. And I was told by the publisher we can't publish this. We are going to get the crap suit out of it. Cuz I had all the true stories of all these different movies. Yeah. So I had to cut it way down at the last second. But yeah, the story of what happened with this new trilogy I'm sure would be just a frightening sad book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't a sad day today. It was fun. It was fun ranting. 
<laughs> Whether we enjoy movies or we're in pain or they cause pain, it's always fun hey, talking about movies. Schwartz, be with passion. Everybody's passion was just. Yeah. Again, Rick, Frankie, the second week in a row, blowing my mind. You know what? You, you, Frankie, that's why we're friends. But uh, I mean, but I'm just, you, you give, you're giving samurai hope for the future of the youth uh, growing up. There's future. There's, there's a good future. There's hope out no, there. What did Frankie vote last week? Fury Road? No, he voted Road Warrior. Oh, and he had he had a Fury Road shirt and the goggles, and he still voted Road Warrior. Oh. We all lost our shit last week. We couldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, but it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, if 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 uh, if Frank was with us last week, would he have tipped the scales for Fury Road? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you would. Oh, Frank, if you would have made it, you would have made Fury Road would have won last week. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I would have voted for Fury Road. Yeah, yeah, but we love both movies, so we always, we all win. Yeah, all right, can. I don't want to keep you guys any longer, so it's already been. I don't even need to do a trailer now. I don't know if I should do an upcoming trailer next week. Everyone knows, Last Jedi versus Rise of the Skywalker. I'm a Skywalker next week. <laughs> That's going to be ugly. That is going to be <laughs> yeah. Because be- I'm I'm always doing oh, this with both of them. I'm yeah. always doing this, so I have yeah. no idea. I have no idea, but it'll be, it'll fun. be fun. So join us next week. Uh, don't forget chat tomorrow at six p.m. Pacific time. We got three three one E Rock Eric himself, an amazing guitarist, will be hanging out with us. This guy's got over a million subscribers on YouTube. He's going to be hanging out with Samurai tomorrow. So it's going to be fun. We're going to be talking nerd culture, pop culture, movie culture, and metal. That's what we like to do. So that's tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Make sure you guys join us. And until next time, that's right, all the, the Kung Fu Avengers are out. And we'll see all you badasses again. Take care, guys. And one great ass. <laughs> <laughs>